Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. Praise God. Well, this morning at the nine o'clock service, I didn't know that Pastor Jeff would be talking about the poem that was read, but the Lord knew. Amen. And he had me. He said, take that poem with you. <laughs> and he said, put that in your, your uh, portfolio. Take that poem with you. So I brought it because everybody's talking about this poem. And there's a lot of people in here that never heard it. So I brought it along so I could read it in your hearing. And hopefully you'll be blessed. Amen. How many know you, don't, you didn't come here to hear Linda? Amen. You didn't come here to hear me. You know, a lot of times when I speak, a lot of people say, oh, wonderful word. Your word was so good. I shared your word. And I tell people all the time, it's not my word. It's his word. Amen. And I don't ever want to go before people and give my opinion. Matter of fact, I love lifting up the word of God, my apostle in the faith who ordained me. He has a saying, he grabs his Bible and he says, this is my Bible. It's not an opinion, and it's not tradition. <laughs> Amen. It's not opinion. It's not tradition. Amen. It is the word of God. Amen. Amen. So it's not my opinion. It's not your opinion. It's God's word. Amen. And whatever it says, who it says I am, that's who I am. What it says I can do, that's what I can do. Amen. And the same for you. Who it says you are, that's who you are. What it says you can do, that's what you can do. Amen. Praise God. So I'm going to read in your hearing. I feel like jumping around this morning. I just want to jump around. I wanted to put on a song that says, fire, fire, fall on us. Fill us with desire, fire, fall on us. Like you did on the day of Pentecost. Lift us up with your mighty love. Fill us up with your power and presence, Lord. Redoing in us. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> I just wanted to sing that song for just a minute because we need his fire to fall on us today. Amen. I can't do nothing without him. Father God, I just thank you this morning. As Lord God, whatever is said, Lord God, let it be you. Let me decrease that you might increase. Have your way in this service, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Amen. So we got that out of the way. So we're going <laughs> to talk about this poem, and I just want to give you a little bit of background on how this poem came about. Praise God. As you all know the story and you know, saw the news last year in Minneapolis when George Floyd died and all of the mayhem that was going on in Minneapolis and the people was out in the street rioting, breaking, looting, doing, oh, just destroying America. And as I watched the news, I said to myself and to the Lord, actually, I was talking to God and I said, Lord, God, I would that. People were out in the streets preaching the gospel. Send somebody, I began to pray, Lord, send somebody to preach the gospel. 
the next day. How many know God will answer you in less than 24 hours? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm so glad he answers us in less than 24 hours. Pray. We don't have to wait all year, all month long. Amen. He'll answer you right away. The next day, God sent the man of God, and he was preaching the gospel, baptizing people in Jesus' name. And I'm like, yay, look at God. Amen. God was showing out. And so then they moved around all over the nation from state to state. All of a sudden, I hear on the news, they're coming to Clearmont. And I went, oh, no, don't bring that mayhem here. I mean, literally, that's what I said. Oh, no, we don't, we don't want that mess here. Don't come here trying to burn up people's buildings and breaking all. Don't come here with that. Okay, that's what I said. So it got closer and closer to the day of the protest. And the day before the protest, the Lord speaks to me and said, I want you to go to the protest. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 I don't want to go to, why do you want me to go to the protest? So I called my dear friend, Paul. You know, y'all, anybody know Paul? You know, he likes to call people and say, hey, what you doing? You want to go out witnessing? <laughs> And many a times he'd call me and we'd go out on the streets witnessing the individuals in the Claremont community all the way to Orlando, to the fairgrounds. We'd go anywhere. And uh, so I called Paul. I said, Paul, you want to go to the protest? And Paul goes, let's pray about it. <laughs> he goes, let's pray about it. So I said, okay. Now, God told me to go, but I'm praying about it. How many, how many do that when God tells you to do something and you're going to pray about what God tells you to do? Go figure. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I said, okay, Paul, we'll pray about it. But I got up that morning and have a prayer call that I have every morning and got on that prayer call. I don't even know if I mentioned it. I know Pastor Rita's here and I don't know if I mentioned it that morning, but I was praying about it. So I was praying about it, and the prayer call ended, and I got up to go to the bathroom, and the Lord says, I felt stronger in my spirit that, yeah, this is what you need to do. And it was just really strong in my spirit, and the Lord spoke and said, and, I, and this is what I want you to do. He said, you're going to give a poem, and he gave me the title. He said, and the title will be, Will You Protest For Me? So I said, Okay, God. But then I began to converse with the Lord, and I said, well, I don't have time to write it right now, and I don't even know what to say, and I guess I'll work on it when I get to my office. And so it was like God says, whatever. <laughs> get her done. <laughs> whatever. Get her done. I don't care what you do, but you're going to get her done. So, but he didn't say anything, but um, I knew that purpose was for me to do. I had to do this. So... I got in my, got dressed, got ready to go to the office and called a friend of mine and I said, the Lord told me to do this and so they were like, I said, well, I don't even know where, so she was like thinking, she said, oh, so she gave me a hook. <laughs> how many write music and know what a hook is? Amen. Some people may not know what a hook is, but how many know what a hook is? It's like the, 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 the passage in that song that kind of carries the song. It's like a repeat, you repeat that hook. So she gave me a hook. So I said, oh, that's good. So I got to the office and I told my staff, I said, hey, 
I'm going to the protest. So they were like shocked. What? You? Because <laughs> they know, you know, my stand and, 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 and what have you. And I said, yeah. I said, the Lord told me to go to the protest. I said, will y'all go with me? And so they said, yeah, if you go, Miss Linda, we'll go. So I said, good. So I said, well, just give me some time and let me work on it because I need some quiet. So I got in there and got on the computer and began to look up different things and, and took that hook that my friend gave me, and the Lord gave me this poem. So everybody, my staff followed me wherever I was going. It was like three little bears, you know, you go, we go, we go. So they was right behind me. And, um, <laughs> and um, we got there and they worked around. We got up where the police were and they were standing up on the stage, kind of behind the, the stage there, the podium and everything. And, you know, you had the left, they kind of organized this thing and they, you know, it's just, that's just the way it is. They, that's just the way it is. So, and so we're, you know, we're on the other side and we're like, okay, okay. So I got there and I started getting cold feet. I thought, y'all, you think I really need to do this? And they said, yeah, Miss Linda, yeah, because I had read it to them. So then I, so I said, okay, but I, I was going to back out. And it's going to tell you how flesh is. So I was going to back out, but then I said, they, you know, encouraged me to go ahead and go. So they worked it in. They told me where we we're going to go. Now, mind you, there was a guy in the audience that had on a construction cap, a construction, you know, those hard hats. And he had a backpack. And he had a baseball bat sticking out of his backpack. And I'm watching him saying, okay, okay, well, what you here for? <laughs> I know what I'm here for, but what you here for? Amen. So we're watching him and stuff. And there was a lot of other pastors that God spoke to, and they told them to go, you know, just like he told me to go. Pastor Caleb was there. And I had been to the River Church before, and it was this lovely couple right here. I told um, the wife, I said, I just, I remember you now. I used to come and sit up on the second row, and you guys were sitting behind me. And I believe it was your husband. He said, I love your spirit, because I would be jumping all around <laughs> and pray. You remember that? <laughs> you don't remember that? <laughs> but I would be jumping all around. So at the protest, um, I got up to the podium. And God gave me the strength to read what he gave me. So I'm going to read that in your ears today. So now we can bypass the poem. Everybody will have heard the poem. Amen. And we give God the glory. Amen. And we give God the glory, right? Amen. We give God the glory. The title of the poem, as I mentioned, is Will You Protest for Me? Before I start, I do want to say I was telling uh, uh, Maria in the room there, I said, it was ironic how I watched when God gave this poem to me, after this poem, it's like God did just what he wanted to do. And if you catch it in the poem, what God was wanting was, you see how the world is out here doing all this protesting for a man who wasn't even righteous and yet they're not protesting for me. I want my people to go out into the highways and the byways. Take it out of the four walls. Go out and tell people about my death, burial, and resurrection, and my love for them. 
Praise God. So this is what the poem was about. And I knew this when the Lord gave it to me. Will you protest for me? And I started out by saying, today we gather in protest against the wrongful death of George Floyd and countless others. Before I begin this heartfelt poem, I want to say that there is only one race. I believe we've erred in our explanation of diversity because the only race is the human race. We have different cultures and different ethnicities, but only one race. And loving God and our neighbor is the true work of grace. Will you protest for me? Will you stand in the crowd with your banners held high and your voices heard loud? A wrongful death shouts that I don't belong. It cuts a life short, and that is just wrong. Though I did only good to all, yet my enemies pinned me down, if you can recall. My life was taken from the land of the living because I believed in the virtue of giving. Upon a rugged cross, my body was nailed, while the people shouted, crucify him, and continued to hail. My question for everyone today is this, will you protest for me? Would you stand in the crowd with your banners held high and your voices heard loud? My crucifixion was a slow and painful death. I too suffocated and could not catch my breath. Will you protest for me? Would you stand in the crowd with your banners held high and your voices heard loud? Your life to me was more important than my own. May the life next to you matter rather than buildings being blown. Will you live your life for me and pray to be set free and learn to be the love that is given from above? My name is Jesus Christ, in case you did not know. My death was not defeat but an opening to heaven for you to go. I feel what you feel, and I see what you see. Bring your pain to me, and you will be set free. In spite of Satan's blow, you have the victory. Will you demonstrate for me? Would you stand in the crowd with your banners held high, and your voices heard loud. Will you protest for me? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And that was the poem that the Lord gave me that day. 
Amen. It was not my words, was not my doing. Praise God, it was all the doing of the Lord. And he wanted to get a point across. Amen. As they were protesting for a human being, he said, but will you protest for me? Amen. Would you stand in the crowd and tell the men and women that I love them and that I died for them and that I gave them a robe of righteousness and I gave them a ring of authority that they would have the victory? Amen. Because that's what God has done for us. He has given us the victory. He has given us a robe of righteousness. Amen. A robe. We're going to talk today about that coat of many colors. It's a familiar story of Joseph that all of us know. But we're going to talk a little bit about it today. Don't discount me because you've heard the preaching of Joseph because God may have something different that he wants to bring out in this message today. Amen? Amen. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. hallelujah. Is God still good? Is he still on the throne? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> he is still on the throne. And he's given us divine favor. Glory to God. Now, everywhere I go, I tell people all the time, I'm not a preacher, preacher. I'm a teacher. And I discovered this gift while I was teaching homeless clients at New Beginnings of Central Florida. In 2011, when I moved back to Claremont, I, asked, I have an organization that I incorporated in 2010. And I started out... Uh, at this homeless shelter teaching homeless clients life skills through the Bible. Amen? And people gave their life to Christ. They've become victorious. Amen? And we're trying to stop the cycle. Amen? Of poverty. Amen? So um, that's, that's when I discovered that I had this gift all along, I probably was operating in it, along with the prophetic, <laughs> along with the prophetic and didn't even know it. And um, so what happened was I was traveling so long, I wasn't getting paid for doing this. I was just teaching, but I felt so fulfilled and so happy. I thought, oh, wow. Oh, I just love doing this. I could just come every day and you don't have to pay me nothing. And I, I was just having a ball having a ball, teaching the word of God. So in that, I learned, I'm like, oh, wow, okay, this is a gift. I didn't, you know, nothing I did, it's just a gift. So I am a teacher, so we're going to do things on a little slower base. I told Pastor Caleb that I, I am honored first and foremost. Before I get started, I want to uh, give thanks to Pastor Caleb and Pastor Kirsten for their trust and trusting me to be able to stand behind this pulpit today and to speak to you. Uh, it's a big deal. And it takes trust for someone to allow an individual to come and speak to their people. The Apostle Paul said, you know, we held some people at bay. We didn't give them the ability to come because they would bring false doctrine. So to have a man of God say, I want you to preach to my people for both services, uh, it makes me cry because it shows his trust. And, and before I get started, I just want to give a shout out to them uh, this morning and to thank Pastor Caleb for his entrust in me. For the man of God that he is and the woman of God that Pastor Kirsten is, 
I tell you, they're, they're my children age, but I respect them. I respect them highly as a pastor. I'm telling you. Highly, highly. And I told somebody the other day, I said, listen, I, I, I'm not nobody's armor bearer, but don't you mess with Pastor Kirsten and Pastor Caleb. I mean that. I stand on my, don't you, don't, I, don't, don't you put your mouth on them? Don't you do nothing to them? No. I mean, I really have like a mother's protection over them. And I'm like, don't, don't even, don't even try it. <laughs> don't even try it. So, and I, and I mean that God is my witness. I love them dearly. And I thank God for them. The first time I came to this church, I don't normally go and y'all heard my testimony. I don't normally go to the altar, but I went to the altar and pastor Caleb, he didn't pray for me. He just put his hand on my shoulder. He didn't know me from Adam. He never met me, didn't know anything about me, but the gift of God in him saw me and saw who I was. And he said, powerful prayer warrior, but speak the word. And at that time I was struggling, not struggling, but the Lord was dealing with me more about speaking the word, speaking the word in certain circumstances. And um, when he did that, I said, this is a man of God. This is a man of God. And I went somewhere else and then I finally came back after the protest because he reached out to me. He was like you, he was like, who is that woman? I think he called Paul and got my phone number. And he was so welcoming and so loving and so inviting that I said, you know what? I should have been coming to the river all the time. I don't know why I've been running around in the wilderness and couldn't find my home because it was right here in my back door. And so I came and I'm so glad I did. And I love you all, and I'm so happy to be here and be a part of this powerful Holy Spirit church that has no boundaries, amen, on the Spirit of God. And you need, we need to be thankful for that, amen. Thankful, so thankful. But let's go to the message today, praise God. The other morning as I was sleeping, the Lord woke me up about 4 a.m., I asked them in the, first per, in the first service, how many sleep? Because <laughs> you'd be surprised at how many people can't sleep. Amen. But God said, I give my beloved sweet sleep. Amen. So how many got sweet sleep today? Amen. And if you don't, start confessing the word and you'll have it. Amen. Because it's a promise of God. And he wants us to walk in that victory. Amen. I believe that. So he woke me up and I listened to my eye Bible while I'm sleeping because I know that my spirit man does not sleep. How many know spirits don't sleep? Matter of fact, evil spirits, they roam around all night looking for a body to occupy. They don't sleep. And your spirit, you're a spirit and your spirit doesn't sleep. So I listen to this eye Bible because I want that word in my spirit. So that sometimes when I'm up and I'm talking, you know, all of a sudden this word starts coming. I'm like, oh, where'd that come from? You know, and, and that's what we need to be overcomers. Amen. So I was listening to the Bible when I was sleeping. The Lord just brought me up out of my sleep. I love these Fitbits, by the way, because, you know, you can, you can monitor your sleep and stuff. And I didn't know I woke up so many times during the night. I didn't know I went through a rim and a, a light sleep during the night so much, and nothing looks like flexible. So the Lord brought me up out of my light sleep into an awake state at 4 o'clock in the morning, which is not my regular time. But 
when I woke up, the iBible was reading James chapter 4 and verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Something Pastor uh, Jeff said about things that happen in the public don't just happen. There has to be some private times. There has to be some times of prayer, some times of meditation, times of fasting for God to give you public victory. Amen. How many know that the Bible says that the things that we see were not made by the things that we see, but they were made by unseen things, which is the word of God. And your life is made victorious by unseen things, which is your time of prayer, your time of fasting, your time of being in the word. How many know in order to go and take cities, it's going to take us on our knees? Amen. We prayed years ago for the city of Groveland before we went into that city. And God has given us victory in that city and blessed that city all the way up through the council. The council men and women of Groveland are blessed because of the prayers of the righteous. So God was saying, humble yourselves under the, in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. And I began to just chew on that and chew on that. And I said, Lord God, what am I going to speak on this Sunday? And the Lord began to direct me to Joseph. Amen. And many have heard the story, but I don't discount me, because hopefully we'll give you a new perspective on it today. Amen. So, but before we went, before I went to Joseph, the Lord began to show me, he said, you think that was something that Jacob made Joseph a coat of many colors? He said, I've been making coats from the very beginning. He said, I've been making coats for you for the very beginning. And so he took me back to the book of Genesis chapter three. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me or they'll put it up on the screen. Genesis chapter three. And the Bible says, unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Somebody might say, well, that's too elementary for me. I know that. But I want you to look at it from a different perspective. Look at it from the perspective of Joseph and his coat of many colors. And what did that coat mean? That coat meant divine favor of God. The divine favor of God. Listen, Adam and Eve had just sinned. They had just sinned against God, did what God told them not to do. And Adam was so busy uh, blaming Eve, and Eve was so busy blaming the devil, and neither one of them repented and said, God, forgive us. But God slew an animal and made a coat of skins. Even though none of the above occurred, God made them coats of skin. I want you to see the love of God here today. The love of God that he loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son. And that coat, that divine favor of God is the righteousness of Jesus Christ that he put on you and I. Did we deserve it? No. Did we do everything right to get it? No. Do we always do everything right to get it? No. But yet he loves us and he gave us a coat 
of righteousness. Then in Genesis chapter 37 and 3, we read that now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors, talking about the divine favor of God. And then I want to go to another portion of scripture where uh, the high priest of Judah in Jerusalem, Joshua, the high priest, stood before the angel of the Lord in Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, and Joshua, the high priest, stood before the angel of the Lord and Satan stood at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord told them, give him a change of garment. They gave Joshua a change of garment. There's something about the garments. As we look, I was thinking and meditating, and I said, even in the army, when you go to the army, you got to take off them civilian clothes, and you got to put on that army attire. Even if you send your children to a private school, they got to leave their regular clothes home and put on their private school attire. They may have a t-shirt with the name on it, but you're going to be identified by the garment that you wear. And even Jesus said that there was a marriage of this feast and that there was a man who had on the wrong garment. What was that garment? His good works, his righteous deeds, all of that. That's not good enough. Amen. It has to be the righteousness of God, which is Christ Jesus. That's the garment that God gives us. Amen. In Isaiah 61, it says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments. So here we're talking about Joseph and the fact that his father gives him this beautiful coat of many colors. What was it about Joseph? The Bible says he was the son of his old age and he was also the son of his beloved wife, Rachel. Joseph was a good boy, as we would say because his father trusted him enough to send him to see about his brothers who were feeding his flocks. Wherever they went, he'd said, now I want you to go check on them, and so forth. But one day Joseph had a dream, and he dreamed that there were sheaves of grain, and that all of these 11 sheaves bowed to his sheave. And his brothers, the Bible says, hated him for his dreams. How many know you can't always tell everybody your dreams? Amen. But you must have a dream. Amen. You must have a dream. You must have an aspiration that's going to take you from a, one level to another level. Because the Bible says that we go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my life looking back always talking about what I used to do. If you're talking about what you used to do, that's a clear indication you're backslidden because you're still living in the past. We should be taking territory, like Pastor Jeff said, and we should be going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. 
We should be taking territory in our personal lives. Amen. You should be better today than you were yesterday. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in the same place where I was yesterday. I want to be doing greater things today. I want to see the power of God moving in my life today where I can look back and I didn't see it yesterday. Amen. So Joseph dreamed this dream and his brothers hated him because of his dreams. How many know people will hate you because of your dreams? Some people will hate you because of where they see you going. But that's not among the body of Christ, is it? No. And don't let it be. Amen. We don't want that in the body of Christ. We don't want envy and jealousy in the body of Christ. I tell people all the time, jealousy leads to envy, and envy leads to hatred, and baby doll, hatred leads to murder. And the Bible says in the book of James, you murder one another with your mouth. Amen. We don't do that in the body of Christ. Amen. If you want the blessings of God, you can't allow the devil on your boat. Amen. If you want the blessings of God like Joseph had, you can't allow the devil in your midst. Amen. One thing about Joseph, he kept his eye on the prize. And you know, we learned in prophetic class that prophets are dreamers. They see things to come. Amen. And how many know the word of God is prophecy? It shows us things to come. Somebody said, well, I ain't never had nobody give me no prophecy. I ain't never had nobody give me no word. Well, you don't need to when you have this. He has already given you the prophecy. He has already told you you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are the lender and not the borrower. He has already told you that you have power to cast out devils. He's already told you that you have the power to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He's already told you that you have the authority to speak to this mountain and believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and it shall be moved. Amen. He's already given you all the prophecy that we need. Praise God. But Joseph dreamed a dream. And then he went to bed, and I guess his mom and dad came, and they were there, and he dreamed another dream. And this time he said, oh, the sun and the moon and all the 11 stars bow down to me. I'm going somewhere with this one today. Amen. We might have not have went here in the first service, but we're going somewhere today. Praise God at this service. How many can agree with me? Come look at your neighbor say, we're going somewhere today. I look at your other neighbor say, we're going somewhere today. Amen. Amen. I want you to catch that because we're going somewhere in the message, but you're going somewhere too, right? You're going from faith to faith and glory to glory. Glory to God. So Joseph dreamed another dream and he said, well, the sun and the moon, oh, they bowed down. Oh, Joseph, we just want to kiss your feet. Oh, Joseph, we just want to, oh, we just want to honor you. They bowed down. The sun and the moon and all the 11 stars bowed down to Joseph. And so Joseph tell his mom and dad, well, you know, the sun and the moon bowed down. It's amazing that his brothers knew the interpretation of the dream. 
Catch that. His brethren knew. They said, well, well you gonna, we going to bow down to you. They knew the interpretation. And you got some people in the church don't know the interpretation of their dreams. Come on now. Let's get the interpretation, people, because we have the Holy Ghost. Amen? And if you have the Holy Ghost, you got the interpretation. His brothers knew the interpretation of the dream. And his father knew the interpretation of the dream. He said, what you mean, Joseph? Me and your mama going to bow down and worship you? What you mean? Who you think you are? <laughs> you ever heard that? Who you think you are? <laughs> and so Joseph said, you know. And his brothers, the Bible said his brothers hated him the more. Not this time for his dreams, but this time they hated him for his dreams and his words. How many know you've got to put words to your dream? You've got to put words to where you want to go and what you want to do in God. So they hated him even the more for his dreams and his words. But the Bible says, but Joseph's father pondered these things. He kept them close. That means he looked, he said, hmm, well, he, you know, I don't know about us bowing down to him, but hey, I'm going to watch this thing. His father pondered it, kind of like Mary when she heard those words and she pondered it in her heart. When she heard Jesus say, uh, why are you looking for me? Uh, don't you know I got to be about my father's business? And the Bible says she pondered it in her heart, meaning she was like, hmm, that's something. That's something to think about. So that's what his father did, pondered it in his heart. So time goes on, and his brothers, got the, the, the father sends Joseph out and says, go see about your brothers, and they saw him coming a far distance, and they say, oh, here come that dreamer. Oh, here come that child that's having all these dreams, think that everybody's going to bow down. Let's throw him in a pit and see what happens to his dreams. How many today may find themselves in a situation, and you don't know what happened to your dreams? We're here to tell the devil he's a liar and he has no place in your life and he cannot stop God's purpose for your life. He cannot stop the dream that's in your heart. Only person that can stop that is you. Only person that can stop that is you when you stop believing. Amen. But the Bible says, the song says, rather, believe again. I can remember a time when I had stopped believing, and the, the, the song by Israel Holton came on on the radio, and the Lord began to minister to me in my, in my car and said, believe again. Dream again. So maybe you are one of those that stop believing, but I'm here to tell you today, dream again. Pick that dream up and dream again because nothing will stop God's purpose from coming to pass in your life. Nobody and nothing will stop that but you. But we're going to make sure you don't stop it. Amen. We're going to make sure you don't stop that dream. And if you left it by the wayside, you're going to pick it up and you're going to run on and watch the Lord do great things. So Joseph's brothers took him. First thing they did was stripped him of his coat. Stripped him of his righteousness, the devil thought. But Joseph's faith was in more than a coat. It was in an intangible, invisible presence that he enjoyed with God every day. It was more than a physical coat. And he kept his eyes on that prize 
And he knew the interpretation of those dreams because how many know Joseph was a prophet? How many know you're a prophet? The Bible says Moses, when he called the 70 men and he laid his hands upon them and he departed, God put their spirit, Moses' spirit on them. And then Joshua came, good old Joshua, wonderful Joshua, who was Moses' minister. And Joshua said, Moses, look at it, they're over there prophesying. And Moses said, I would that you were all prophets. I would that every one of you in this room were prophets, that you'd yield yourself to God and allow God to show you the ending before the beginning. How many know that the word of God says that God is the ending before the beginning and he will show you the end of a thing if you do what? Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, uh, call upon me and I will answer thee and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. You see, there's a secret to why Joseph was, was given those, in, those prophecies. Joseph sought the Lord. Joseph had a prayer closet. Joseph was doing something in secret that people didn't see, and God rewarded him openly. Yes, they stripped him of his garment. They threw him in a pit. I never do go to my notes, y'all. <laughs> Oh, my God. They threw him in a pit where there was no water. The Bible says there was no water. The pit was empty, and there was no water in the pit. Water is life. Water is substance. Water is the word. Amen. He didn't have any of that, but he had something deep down inside that no man could take away. We sing that song, you know, uh, what I have, no man can take it away. Amen. So he had something wheeled down inside of him that no man, I don't care, you could take my coat, you could take all the water, you could throw me in a pit, you could uh, do all of this, sell me to the Ishlamites for 20 pieces of silver. But there's something in me you can't take, and that is the righteousness of God. Amen. Jesus on the inside. Amen. So they threw him in the pit. Then they sold him to the Ishlamites. And then the Ishlamites sold him to Potiphar, who was an Egyptian, down in, in Egypt. They sent him down to Egypt, not up, down. So sometimes you feel like you're just down. Like people are standing over you and everybody, you know, all the devils attacking me. Don't even mention what he's doing. I tell people all the time, don't even mention what he's doing because there's more with you than against you. Amen. And you have on that robe of righteousness and you're going to come out victorious. Amen. Every single time. Let God give you wisdom in the midst of that that you're going through so that you can be a blessing to others even in the midst of your troubles. Amen. Joseph was a blessing to Potiphar even in the midst of his troubles. The Bible says that he was so blessed that whatever he put his hand to, it was blessed. He was in prison and he was blessed in prison. Go figure. He was in prison and because the blessings of God was on his life that the Lord said they put him over the prisoners. He was so blessed. And then Potiphar even saw, he saw somebody ought to see that the blessings of God is over your life. Somebody ought to see that everywhere you go, you're blessed. 
Amen. But you know, Joseph lived by Psalms 1, I do believe, where he said he didn't stand in the way of sinners. He didn't sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight was in the Lord, and in his law, he meditated day and night. And the Bible says, and you shall be like a tree that planted by the rivers of water, whose leaves fail not, neither do they wither. So when we look around and we see leaves withering and we got to check ourselves, amen, we got to check ourselves and make sure we're not, the, the one that I think gets people all the time is standing in the seat of the scornful because you don't really realize what scornful mean. It means to criticize. And you know, we're so busy criticizing. So we have to be careful. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful so that God can bless you the way he blessed Joseph. So I believe that Joseph kept his focus on God and that throughout all of his trials, he kept his focus on God. He kept his focus on God. And what did God do? God brought him out. Somebody say from the pit to the prison to the palace. Amen. You might be in the pit or maybe you've advanced to the prison, but God's going to bring you to the palace. Amen. And I want to show you a prophecy that the Lord gave us. Amen. That we may not have had a dream like Joseph. And maybe you didn't have a prophet come up to you and tell you that you're going to rule over your brethren. But the Bible says that we will rule and reign in this life by Christ Jesus. In the book of Romans, chapter 5, glory to God. I want you to put this in your spirit, put this in your mindset, because just like Joseph ruled over his brethren, glory be to God, God has given you and I, amen, the robe of righteousness in Christ Jesus, and we will rule and reign in this life by Christ Jesus. Amen. And by verse 17 of chapter 5 in the book of Romans, it says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace. Have you received abundance of grace? Raise your hand with me today. Have you received abundance of grace? Oh, praise God. I see the woman of God from the crusade all the way in the back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Praise God. God healed her. Amen. Hallelujah. Give her a clap. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. God healed that woman of God. And we believe God healed her niece. Amen. Brought her out of a coma. Praise God. So much more have those re which receive abundance of grace. So everybody lays their hands, say they've received. Maybe there's some that don't know the Lord today, and we're going to invite you to receive this abundance of grace. Those who have received the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. How many have received that gift of righteousness today? Amen. It says, shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. So you might not have had a dream like Joseph, and you might not have had a prophetic word like Joseph, but you have this prophetic word today. And the Bible says that if you receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, that you shall reign in life by Christ Jesus. 
How many believe that God didn't just come to save us from sin, he came to save us from sickness and from disease and from poverty? Glory be to God. I want to share with you a dream that the Lord gave me. I could share many of dreams and many of encounters that I had with the Lord, but I want to share this one dream with you today because I was struggling in my life with uh, just looking at circumstances and, and, and praying, God, do you hear my prayer? And the Lord gave me this dream. I was sleeping. I'm telling you, after the dream, I woke up like that. In this dream, Jesus was in my dream. I love it when Jesus is in my dream. I know that's a spiritual dream. <laughs> How many know when Jesus is in your dream, that's a spiritual dream? <laughs> you can have plenty of dreams, but every dream ain't spiritual, you, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you got to fight the devil out of your dreams, amen. Ah, you got to plead the blood of Jesus, amen, and fight the devil out of your dreams. So this dream, Jesus was in my dream, and he had on a white garment, and it was like he had one knee to the ground. And people were lined up in front of him. So I'm here, Jesus there. And, but there was someone in front of me. There was a man in front of me in this dream. And I couldn't hear what was said. It was just quiet, but it, I could see and all of a sudden, the man went over to my right, but it was Jesus' left, okay? There's a difference between the right and the left. How many know that? There's a difference. If you go to Jesus' left, I don't know about that, but I want to go to his right. <laughs> I want to go to his right, amen? So the man went to the left, and it was my turn. Well, how many remember the book of Zechariah where Satan resisted Zechariah? Because Zechariah had on filthy garments. And how many know that your righteousness is as filthy rags before God? You can do all the good you want to do. But your righteousness is as filthy rags before God. We need that robe of righteousness, which is Christ Jesus. And without it, we'll be like that man in the wedding who had on the wrong garment. You see why I teach foundational. <laughs> I love foundational teachings. I don't know why. Maybe that's my calling. So, <laughs> so I got to, it was my turn to get to Jesus. And lo and behold, who knew that this would happen to me? In my right ear, there's this voice. And he goes, what make you think that he's going to hear your petition? I'm like, oh. <laughs> at that moment in my dream I felt like the woman who Jesus told it's not meat to give the children's bread to the dogs I felt just that low that's how I felt in that dream to the point that I cried all of a sudden I dropped my head tears flowing down my eyes but thanks be to God for truth and for that truth being in me. I answered that question. How many know? You better answer the devil. You better give him a good answer. Glory to God like Jesus did. Amen. In the wilderness. When he come and said, if you think that you're this and that, Jesus had an answer for him every time. And we need to have an answer. The Bible says that we would give an answer to men who, have, who would ask us the reason for our faith. That we would be always ready to have an answer for them. So I dropped my head. 
began to cry, but something rose up on the inside of me. And it was the word of God. It was literally the gospel of chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that I didn't even know that was in there. <laughs> Verbatim. I didn't even know. You know, a lot of times we say, oh, the death and the resurrection. And we don't say the death, burial, and resurrection. So, I, you know, I didn't even realize it was in me. So I answered back, even though tears were flowing down my face. And I said, because I believe that Jesus died for my sins and he was buried and he rose on the third day. And when I said that, I lifted up my eyes. And remember, I'm standing before Jesus. Jesus looked at me. He did like this. <laughs> he showed all 32 of his teeth. And he nodded his head up and down like this. And he stretched out his hand like this. And he ushered me to come up to his right side like this. Glory be to God. And he let me know that I had authority. That I was seated with him in heavenly places. And I had authority over the devil. Glory be to God. He let me know where I was seated. Hallelujah to the king. And from that day to this day, he let me know my authority in him. He let me know ain't no sickness that's too much for him. When I caught COVID, praise God, I remember my sister right back here, we was on the prayer call on a Monday morning. One thing I've learned, and that's praise. You know, the Bible says, put on the whole garment, put on the whole armor of God and it tells you to put on this and put on that and the only thing that you don't see in that scripture is praise but praise is a weapon how many know your praise is a weapon and so <laughs> glory to God praise is a weapon because you are literally making a declaration that my God is greater than this situation my God is greater than COVID my God is greater than, than multiple cirrhosis my God is greater than any and everything that the devil could ever bring to me. Your praise tells him that. When you don't praise, you are literally saying, oh, I'm being attacked by the devil. and I'm a You're literally giving him the glory. But when you praise, you are saying, my God is greater. So when COVID hit me, I woke up this Monday morning and, and they could tell you, I got on that prayer call, I praised God like I was losing my mind. I got on that prayer call, I said, glory be to God. I ain't care how I felt. I said, God, and this is why I don't give no credit to myself, because I'm telling you, I'm like the scripture. My righteousness is this filthy rat. I'm nothing outside of God, but I tell you who I will praise, and that's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I tell you who I will give praise and honor to, and that's Jesus, my Lord and Savior. Glory, because he's the only one righteous. He's the only one all-powerful. He's the only one good. Glory be to God. So I got on that prayer call and I began to praise God like nanny going north. Like I was losing my mind. I said, Lord God, you're greater than COVID. You're greater than any disease. You're greater than any symptom that I could ever uh, feel. And I got off the prayer call and yes, the symptoms were still there. Amen. But I had already made my declaration. And by Wednesday of that week, 
A friend of mine was telling me, she said, well, Linda, I'm on a prayer call, on a, and I love prayer. So I'm like, oh, where's, give me the number. So I get on this prayer call with these Pakistanis. They don't even speak my language. They're speaking Udu. <laughs> They're speaking Udu. <laughs> That's their language name. And, but they could speak English. So the pastor, <laughs> the pastor was living in Canada, but he's originally from Pakistan. And he gets on the call and he began to have a word of knowledge. Don't know me from Adam, kind of like Pastor Caleb. And he began to have a word of knowledge and he said, you got sickness in your body. I said, oh, can you see that? <laughs> And he said, but you are beloved of God. God loves you, and God's going to heal you. Amen. Amen. They prayed for me that night. And then they even asked me to pray. I prayed too. Glory to God. I wasn't too sick. I couldn't pray. And they prayed for me that night. And that night, when I got off that prayer call, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I took my shower. And I went to get in my bed, and I was like, huh. You know how if you had pain in your body, and all of a sudden the pain going up, I'm like, huh, 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 I'm here. I feel better. I feel like myself. I feel like myself. Hallelujah. I feel like myself, and I feel healed. And I cried, cried myself to sleep. People that know me, they know I don't cry when I'm sad. I cry when I'm happy. Go figure. <laughs> I cry when I'm happy. I'm like, ah. And so I'm crying in my sleep. Before I go, I'm just crying myself to sleep saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm going to tell you right now, I attribute it to that praise. I attribute it to my confession of faith. I attribute it to that fact that God saw my praise. And he said, daughter, I'm going to heal you. And he did just that. So God has given us authority. Amen. We have dreams and we have words. Don't let your dreams die. And surely don't stop confessing what the Lord has done for you. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.